Oh my goodness. Hey, hi, it's Mike. Did you know that Abe and Bridget and me are trying to make a movie right now? Yes, right dang now. It's called Papa Bear and tells the poignant and hilarious true story of the time my dad came out as a gay furry when I was 17. Uh, if you care about that at all, please head to seedandspark.com slash fund slash papa hyphen bear to find out much more about the project, how you can be a part and earn really cool rewards for helping us out. See you there. Here's your pod. Thanks so much. You're about to hear the recorded audio diaries of Michael Swain, Adam Ganser, and Abe Epperson, transmitted to you from another dimension through the wonder of podcast technology. Lost in the multiverse, they have to dig into a different piece of multiversal fiction each episode in the hopes of finally discovering a way back to their reality. How do they know this isn't their reality? Because one of them is being a real asshole. Will our heroes ever make it home, or will they inadvertently explore our obsession with multiverses, alternate timelines, and parallel worlds, and tie it all into a conversation about postmodern art, pop culture, and what it means to be a human right now? This is Escape from the Multicurse. That's right, you heard it. Escape from the multicurse. You can't unhear it. <laughs> yeah! Yes. So, welcome everybody. Uh, you have three guests here. I'm Abe Epperson, the best one of the three. Um, yeah. Can you introduce yourselves? Of course. Welcome everyone. I'm part of a trio of guests. I'm probably the er guest. My name's Michael Swaim. And I'm Abe Epperson, and I'm a cool guy. <laughs> oh, no. Wait, can I go back? Because oh, I'm no. confused. I, what? <laughs> yeah! Uh, I knew it. I knew it. Abe, I feel like we've stumbled into a dimension I'm going to like a lot, because I, I, I can't <laughs> give me enough of Abe. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Ooh. I'm putting on my sunglasses. All right, let's get into it, shall we? Yeah, this one is mic, be good. two waves. I'm thrilled. <laughs> I'm thrilled, especially because so, it's you, not me. <laughs> so, what does that mean? Is he gonna we'll find out, like my me, friend, or is he just gonna make fart sounds? We're gonna see. <laughs> Guess what? You clicked on the button, so you know what we're talking about today. Uh, we are talking about Spider-Man: No Way Home, the most recent installment of Marvel's uh, Spider-Man series, <clears throat> and the MCU, and it's got some multi-curse, multi-verses in it, mm -hmm. so um, yeah, it's basically the the plot in a logline is uh, Spidey, knowing that uh, the, the events of the last movie have kind of fucked his life over, asks Doctor Strange to make everyone forget the spell causes people to get sucked into the universe from previous properties like the Tobey Maguire era Spider-Man and Andrew Garfield Spider-Man and they have to solve the problems and they do and ditto the villains huge crossover event all the villains from across Doc all Ock the franchise Doc Ock meets Jamie Foxx Ock they're all Ox but uh, we'll get into it <laughs> also No Way Home is like a 
Interest, I think interesting right out the gate that the subtitle mm. focuses on the, the hero's cost and not the triumph. No Way Home. Very melancholy. Yeah, They're at their best when they focus on the the hero's cost, I would say. Sorry, I'm getting into it they're, early. I'm getting into it early. They're at their best. He's got me fucking nailed, pegged, by the way. Wait. Uh, no, you have him pegged. Wait, who's oh, the guy? I don't know which one to shoot. <laughs> Who do you I shoot? I'll just Who tell you this. Shoot? I'm wearing a backwards cap. Oh, okay. Okay, that's Abe. With the sunglasses, too. That's the coup de grace. Always the sunglasses. Always. I don't wear sunglasses that much. That's right, which you're makes me the think you're Abe. the false Abe, because my memory is telling me Abe's sunglasses. I don't know why. Oh, Let's get into it. Let's uh, get into it. Our first it. segment is mapping the multi The multi-map. The multi-map. Okay, you. so this is where each one of us take about a minute to say what we, our biggest takeaway from the movie. Mm-hmm. R.E. multiverses. Um, Swam, you want to get us started? Sure, I'll dive in. Uh, I feel like, well, we talked about either, I think Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, not Avengers. And Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was one step towards a truly postmodern uh, Marvel movie, which I do think is interesting and important to like discuss because there's been truly postmodern movies, obviously. <clears throat> and then there's been Marvel movies, the most dominant popular movies on the face of the earth for, you know, the latter half of our lifetimes or whatever. And I think it's interesting. And then at the same time, we've had plenty of shows go postmodern. Like Adult Swim brings postmodern energy from its inception, which is, you know, 25 years ago at this point, if not a little more than that. So uh, I thought this one was remarkable in that, I mean, you all know, uh, he just said it. It's a marketing coup that not only breaks our understanding of oh, there's a multiverse, I have to understand characters from various movies and dimensions that Marvel owns are going to meet. Obviously, the big step forward here, I know we'll discuss if it's good or bad, but is essentially that we own everything or we can break down, if anyone saw that claymation shit, celebrity deathmatch that MTV used as filler. Oh, yeah. 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 It's uh, not even parody, though. We bought all these things. We bought the actual rights and have the real actors. It's not a lookalike. It's not a soundalike. This is, and I'm sure it's been done in something obscure or whatever, but f- I think this is like the first time we're like, we'll break three different IPs owned by three different companies and put them together. Like Smash Brothers, you know, brought that to video games, but they're still all, no, yeah, no, Metal Gear is in, Snake's in there. Yeah, so they did that, right? Sonic and Mario, blah, blah, blah. But for popular mainstream film, I think this is it. And there's a lot of implications to that. Some interesting, I think this is a really good movie, mainly because of John Watts, and I want to talk about that. Um, But I also think it's a step in a, disturbing direction that mirrors the fact that uh we're starting to see corporations as people and ip as like a team like i support disney i support nbc i support whatever versus individual creatives and we already had a problem where we only care about actors and we don't care about you know set deck directing writing like to a much minor degree uh unless you're steven spielberg or whatever um and So there's things about this that I don't like, even though I understand the thrill innately. That that inner child of me is still there. I thought it was fucking awesome. 
<laughs> that all three Spider-Men are bantering. Of course, it, like it works. But I think the yeah. I think it's a I think it's a cash grab power play that they did well. Um, so mm-hmm. I don't like the precedent, but it's an interesting use of the multiverse that I do think is distinct. Well, there you are. So you're talking, you're, you're, you more are coming into this thing talking about the ramifications of kind of what this means from a branded iconography. Yeah, the richest kid threw yeah. all his action figures in a big pile. We haven't done mm-hmm. that before, I don't think. And it's it paves true. the way for shit where we'll have like deep fake movies where Humphrey Bogart teams up with Tom Cruise. Like I seriously think this is the beginning of that. And I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I don't like it, but it's weird. I think that I think I, I got yeah. so I just want to give you something here. I just want to give it to you. I think I do think their eyes are bigger mm, than their please. stomachs. Uh, I, I think <laughs> that they they had an idea about uh, how could we get the most Spider-Man, and they did that, and now we'll never ever stop being <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, it feels like I'm listening to two director piece theaters cut up in half and stitched together it's uncanny uncanny (laughs) spider-man also across the board all have large eyes so very insightful feel seen so i i love that you go because there's always the off chance that i say the exact same thing or if we swap yeah uh okay my little rant here or what what do we yeah yeah we call it rants Uh, rants. yeah go (laughs) we've kind of discussed on the show how in order for an audience to sympathize with one character there's kind of an immoral fate for all other universes that's the deal with the multiverse if uh if you if you if you're into that kind of thing so we we have to root for the one true timeline and this is something i think that marvel and especially is uh you know, victim of because they embedded in their stories. Um, And it's definitely something this movie in particular flirts with and tries to hit from multiple angles. All other Spider-Man properties come back essentially to haunt the new one, but the new reality is the victor in the end. So it does feel like an evolution of the multiverse story in a way, but really it's basically the same deal. Everyone returns to their timeline in some cases deaths, and that's seen as good status quo or like is the most natural thing yeah. in these movies. Right. And I think it's interesting that they really do pick at the concept of how this is kind of morally muddy in this movie. It's like the only one that they've done that with even Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. It's more of like occupied with the fact that there's so many of them. This one, it's more of like, but what's the right thing to do? Or so Avengers 2, where they briefly care that they kill all kinds of civilians. Like that was kind of a play towards that. But yeah, so they please. like tug at our heartstrings, you know, for Doc Ock and Thomas Hayden Church yeah. in some scenes and like the lizard man. Uh, but then it's kind of thrown under the rug when we bamp them into non-existence at the end of the movie. And I think the movie is designed to make you not think about that. And that's an interesting I don't know. From a story perspective, I think that that's where the multiverse gets like, oh, yeah, you are kind of playing us like a fiddle. Us being the audience, them being the, you know. Marvel Cinematic Universe. I didn't actually think of the shade that you're totally right, that it's also a victory lap. It's going like, your universes exist in our universe. We ate your universe. We are the Marvel Universe. That's And this is good. And everyone's cheering. So, yeah, that's that now. We absorbed you. Yep. That's, it's almost, it's funny, like, we're watching a movie of a corporate takeover of 
IP. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's. I mean, that's right. We can talk about Space Jam. There's only one Spider-Man. Uh, I just. I'm gonna jump in now. Uh, I just wanted to say the thing I appreciate in. about it is uh, transparency. Uh, like I think, like they're not even hiding it here. They're not oh, even hiding it. Kill you. They're 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 right out in the open. They're wearing their hearts on their sleeves and saying like, <laughs> "You're gonna you're gonna lap it up. You're gonna lap it up." And the movie king doesn't hate that. That's all. Yeah, the movie yeah king, king, king boy, movie uh, boy. No, Doctor Movies. Uh, That's it, Doctor Movies. Sorry, yeah, you I didn't fucking, go through four king, years of movie of, school. You fucking amateur. Movie doctors doesn't hate it. Mm-hmm. You fucking amateur. All right, well that's we're we're placing it on the multi map. So let's talk about how this is unique in multiverse stories. What it's contributing to the multiverse question. How did it use the multiverse uniquely? This is called verses on verses. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mike, you want to start <laughs> us off? Sick, you had a great. Do you want to keep talking about what you mentioned? Yeah, for sure. Well, I I, I wanted to say that another way they trick us, and it's in, uh, bouncing off what you said and sort of melding it with my overall point. Mm-hmm. Um. Com- like comic books themselves, and I don't think this is a bad thing. Obviously, these are action-adventure movies. Uh, one aspect of the multiverse that we've touched on, before we've used it as horror or like the unknown. Like, as you learn more and more about the universe, well, maybe there's other stuff we don't know that's unexplored, right? Humanity wants a frontier. That's well-trod territory. Um, <clears throat> and I think in a similar, like, adjacent overlapping way, it's a... What if it's not scary? What if it's awesome? Like, it's an unknown space where you can daydream about pure sensation. So like all adventure movies or action movies or John Wick, right? Uh, It doesn't move the plot forward that he kicks a guy using a horse, but it's awesome. And that's why you're here. Uh, Fun and games, we calls it. So I do think there's like a lot of Marvel movies, to quote you don't want us to pay attention to that. Like, be it many various things. Um, for example, like what I discussed where we're and you sort of illuminated much better. We're taught we're like watching some kind of weird corporate takeover. And we could think about the business implications of of the industry of film and what it means. But they don't want you thinking about that while you're watching the movie. No. And I will say to their credit, <clears throat> uh, one of the ways they accomplish distracting you is they have the money to hire good craftspeople. And sometimes they pick wrong, but sometimes they pick right. And Spider-Man is their Batman. Uh, He's like their money leader. I think Iron Man also. But, uh, you know, Spider-Man, Spider-Bat, like they were designed in the comic days to be analogous. The Green Goblin's clearly Spider-Man's Joker. The only difference is Batman's sad all the time and Spider-Man's like sardonically quippy all the time. Um, But he's still hated, at least in the comic, right? And then... What's interesting is they haven't done that as much. Like J. Jonah Jameson in the Marvel version seems like a Alex Jones lone lunatic. It's interesting and I think good that No Way Home does maneuver him to a place of, oh, in the next one, he's going to be hated like classic Peter Parker. I think that's interesting. Um, but really, my point is uh, John Watts kicks ass and he was like the lead uh, or the director, at least, of a sketch troupe. We admired a lot when we were doing those Our muskets. Oh, yeah. Um, I still think he's very good. Yeah. I find Marvel movies like a mid-B <laughs> always, mainly because, and Star Wars ditto, the cutesy humor just doesn't do it for me and they don't nail it. The difference, like this movie 
has actual laugh out loud sketch comedy style jokes like J. Jonah Jameson. You cut to a wide and he's in his apartment and his underwear selling supplements and it's an actual Alex Jones joke. And you're like, that's actually funny. That has some edge to it. And great comedic beats like you hear the helicopter outside and you see it on the news and he opens the drapes and it's the identical shot through the window that you see on the TV like John Watts and all the people who contributed to this are good so that makes it better Jamie Foxx crushes Willem Dafoe crushes Um, so they're good at distracting you but I think it makes us miss a lot of like all the fundamental stuff that's formulaically wrong with Marvel movies and troubling to me still true even down to like the shit I always shit on Doctor Strange for, like the sheer privilege. Like this is a movie about a kid who doesn't get into the college he wanted and like his girlfriend and his friend don't right. don't get into MIT. So he asks a wizard to change time. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, the level of privilege. And while the wizard's changing time, he nitpicks the request. Like, that's why they get in trouble is he's like, well, could it be like this? Could it be like this? Dude, you suck. Like, Spider-Man's shittiest Spider-Man. He's likable, <laughs> but the inciting incidents itself is bananas. Like, Doctor Strange even is way more irresponsible with the timeline than we've ever seen him be. Mm-hmm. Just to get, just to kick things off. Just to get it going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Abe's thoughts, maybe alternating words or unison, if you could pull that off. <laughs> Asshole Abe, do you want to do you got anything? <laughs> I'm a cool guy. I'm a cool guy. <laughs> I want to pick up where you're uh what what you're dropping because like there's there's something there's something in that, like especially w- when you're discussing the concept of like how uh like the story itself it has been changed because the Marvel Universe had to make room for all of the heroes. So uh, Spider-Man and like, you know, the fact that he's hated isn't seen as much. And that's the kind of thing about this story, I'm, I think, is that now we have a reboot. Like forgetting Spider-Man's identity is smart from that perspective in that we can do all the things again. But I don't know, we're in a kind of post- mystery box reboot kind of like uh i'm still looking at things like the leftovers and heroes granted those were series heroes and those were just bad tv shows that happened like a decade ago but they definitely informed even what we're seeing now there's a new apple tv show called silo there's um severance there's a lot of things where it's just like they're the whole point is to kind of push the seasonal arcs and push like the uh, the serialized aspect of it so that we can get this sweet spot uh, for as long as we can before we ha- we change the formula. You just don't want to change the formula because then people might be like, I don't like it anymore. And so there's always some form of reset button is one of the things that the, the writers use as a tool to make you go back to the beginning and just rehash all the things that you liked. And it's a goal basically to be able to redo those scenes without getting with. So the getting to know you segments of MJ and Spidey's best friend, um, but now it has this added emotional resonance of, oh, woe is me, Spider-Man, I'm a martyr, I, they don't remember me. So it becomes especially poignant to the people watching. But it still feels like a trick to me. Even though it's still the classic hero's journey, like it's part of the classic graph that the hero yeah, pays a yeah. cost. That's yeah. just classic storytelling. of people forgetting each other and living in a new universe with new rules or whatever, it does feel cheap and easy from a writing perspective, but 
am I the only one who feels this way? Because like, it might just be because it's prevalent now. I just, I just think, I, I just want to give this to him, you know, uh, give it to him mm-hmm. here. Uh, <laughs> I just think it's capitalism. Like it's like, <laughs> like we're, they're asking us to like root for the company, man. And like, yeah. that's really all that we're taking. Like the reboot just lets us be Spider-Man forever, really. And that's like, mm-hmm. and you know, being Spider-Man forever is like pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Although not all the time, which I like, or like I wanted to see Andrew Garfield talks about how in his own universe after Gwen Stacy died, he did like a Batman arc where he let his rage go and became ultra violent and he regrets it. I want to see that. I want to see the badass Spider-Man and and Andrew Garfield being mean. That seems weird to me. (laughs) See, yeah, because he wears his heart on his sleeve so much, you know? Yeah. 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 I feel feel like this is extreme. Like, I'm not sure if I'm reading the situation right, because I either this is extremely flattering or I can't what? tell, like, Same. or I don't know. I don't if, know if he hates you is, or. Is, <laughs> or is Adam doing a bad job? Right. Because th- these are great points. <laughs> you know, like, right, these are points that up. I feel like Adam would make, mm-hmm. you know? Now. So, like, I don't know what, what to I do. mean. You're saying I, I can't get, make a good point because I'm Abe? <laughs> I feel like Ad Abe is saying good things and that he's happy and we should take him at his word because honestly the dude wears his heart on his sleeve and that's what i really appreciate about him <laughs> transparency i do not say that that much the transparency that's right the spielbergian i don't say know? that that much you know who would have been um, amazing uh, directing this mctiernan uh <laughs> asshole abe do you think it's almost like inviting us to saunter a bit? both of you i love you I, I love you guys. I love you. I love you guys. You guys are a bunch of great, <laughs> great, guys. great guys. I want to point out another multiverse aspect that I did find fascinating, uh-huh. um, which is that it's, and again, this is not unique to them, but I think it's the first time in such a big budget thing. Like Jamie Foxx references, hilarious joke, by the way. I thought you'd be black because you hang out in Brooklyn and you help people. Like I love poor that. people. <laughs> right. And uh, maybe there's a black Spider-Man in some universe. Obviously a reference to a different IP uh, across right. the... Right. Miles Morales. Or the comic itself, I guess you could argue, because Miles exists. Miles Morales is Spider-Man. Hashtag. But... Um, the main thing I wanted to talk about is how they literally discuss, and they didn't even need to discuss it, you know, that like Gwen Stacy is analogous to his MJ. Like, similar mm-hmm. but different Uncle Ben died. Oh, in my universe, uh, it was Aunt May. And uh, it's just funny to think of all the Spider-Men like comparing how spider they are. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and how manly. Uh it's just inter- really interesting to me that so like the new Star Wars <laughs> trilogy did it, but didn't mm-hmm. talk about it, which is the new Star Wars trilogy rhymes with the original Star Wars trilogy really hard. Right. right the plot points right. rhyme. This is the first movie I've seen where they go out of their way to say, like, we've really only done the same thing over and over. Yeah, we really have. Yeah, we just switched the pieces around. It's true. It's enjoyable, though. Let's go fight Sandman. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. we're. And I think that that's like in its heart. I think they're being honest there. I think it something in me goes like I'm a little broken and something in me goes like, ah, this is trickery and I don't feel like I'm or cheap. Like <clears throat> I'm being written to as opposed to written like brought into a story. But um, man, oh, man, they uh, the fact that they own it really it's a it's the fact that the comics are like this. You know, they're owning up. They're being who they are. 
Marvel is doing the thing they've always done. Self-referential when, and yeah. yeah. Wearing their heart on the sleeve. Yep. Yeah. It's like um, the Marvel or Burroughs is interesting because bringing in the old Spider-Mans, only Marvel or DC could really pull it off at this point because everything is returning, like you said, to a baseline kind of like status quo. Uh, all these stories kind of definitely hold the balance of the world or the universe is in uh, balancer. So there's like a lot of stakes. But at the end, we return to, return to a spot where Spider-Man is Spider-Man and that's unchanged so that we can have more happy adventures. Um, so this film does have more change than most of the other Marvel films in that at the end, everyone does forget Spider-Man's identity. But ultimately... I, yeah. I think that's that's not a really big change. I no, it's not because I also it's also movies. just going. It is a reboot. Like he gets to go back to the beginning, work up his courage, and tell Zendaya's Spider-Man a second time. It's not a problem. He can tell the people that he wants to know again. It's just a minor inconvenience. And I know at the right. end of this movie, they imply that he decides knowing me is toxic i want to free them of that but you know they're gonna find out and be friends you know, again it's later it's fine. fine it's gonna be fine just like the first time it's gonna be an accident and then it's gonna yeah. be like but i love you and then That's we're gonna right. root for that um so it's a reboot within the thing that rhymes and speaking of just compounding references to the outside world do you think when there's a moment where doc ock asks toby mcguire spider-man how are you and even though this is not anything he's been talking about up to that point, he says, I'm trying to do better. Do you think that's a reference to the fact that Tobey Maguire's career famously sort of went to the back burner for many years because he's notoriously oh. hard to work with? Like he was a prick, a raging prick at the time. And he has come out saying he's trying to do better. And I just wonder. And then like at the end, they show an Emperor Palpatine figurine as if to just literally say, we also own that. Isn't that cute that we also own that? Oh, <laughs> I'm like, Jesus. I, that's the kind of joke that really grinds my gears. Something, I, yeah. something I've been thinking about vis-a-vis -vis con contemplating uh, mm -hmm. it, I never is, right. is that I never say anything. I, never, I don't. Uh, <laughs> it, is that I, I think Marvel just kind of wants to be everything. Marvel just kind of mm -hmm. Marvel kind of wants. Like just but only in one tone. Everything to be only Marvel, uh, and mm -hmm. and will never stop telling the story until all things are in the Marvel story, which you know you have to like kind of step back and go, oh, wow, yeah. you know. But uh, that that I if I had to guess what they're what they're thinking of thinking up in their thinkers, I I'd say that's mm -hmm. what it is. So you got to ask. So then, like. How would Marvel absorb a storyline like, let's say, Lars von Trier's Antichrist, also featuring Willem <laughs> Dafoe? How would they absorb and incorporate that kind of story? They could do into it, their universe. They could do anything. Like there, like there is no everything's possible. Oh, everything is permitted. Anything. Anything. Okay. Any, anything. That makes is a lot of sense. Story. You're making uh, smart, sexy points. Wait, are your eyes closed? I can see behind the sunglasses. Are you like resting your eyes? Yeah, he's taking. A I little feel like nap. he's checked out. It, tucker, okay. it tuckers me out a little. To, making all these points. <laughs> he's it tuckers me a out. Little, uh... I'm a little tired. I'm a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they brought back his teeth. You notice yeah. his teeth. Wait, who? Uh, Defoe. Oh, oh, wait. <laughs> when does he's, he have... he's a goblin? Oh, I thought he, I thought Willem Defoe because he does have an angular, creepy skull face. 
I thought mm-hmm. he had fangs like that. Those are fake when he does no, the no, Joker no, smile. I, I, don't, I honestly don't know which <laughs> one is real, but <laughs> he I might just the, be a goblin. I, he might be <laughs> just a goblin. Just a huge dick, fang-toothed but, you acting know, man. Nor, Norman Osborn versus the Green Goblin, they have different teeth, and that was true oh. in the Spider-Man original. Like the I didn't when, notice the teeth. I just noticed the incredible noticed facial that? transformation. That was, that was always a thing. It's, I'm looking That's at always his been a thing cheeks since and his Spider-Man eyes. One. It's, yeah. uh, it's occurring to me that it's mm-hmm. it, it's totally possible we get a, a Marvel movie where it's just all the directors of Spider-Man directed a movie, and it's about that. It's about <laughs> it's the about, teeth. It's no. <laughs> it's about Green it's Goblin's all teeth. teeth. Only teeth. No, all it's, teeth. All it's day. Only, it, it, the movie becomes about. Uh, all the people who've made the movie, they they actually laid the groundwork for that because they had all those scenes with John Favreau. Oh, you're it. saying yeah. like John Favreau and John Watts, let's say, collaborate on a Spider-Man, Iron Man, but even more like five people do that. They're, I could see that they're, happening. They're so close to making the movie only about the movie. They're so close to Because they do that. make it in modular parts, am I right? Like I, even John Watts said, you write all the scenes, the character scenes and direct the character scenes and you have influence on the big action set pieces but by and large the big action set pieces marvel comes in and is like these work this way is my understanding so they do break the shoot down which is interesting so they could i mean it's the that's what i mean it's the middle step towards doing a bunch of shit i really don't like but i like this movie yeah it's 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 gonna be terrible (laughs) it's gonna be terrible yeah it's gonna be bad (laughs) it's gonna be terrible uh yeah I think yeah the Marvel Brain Trust would I think would stop that kind of thing so uh, I would say Abe that's a bad point God this is more therapeutic than I thought it would be respectfully just knocking yourself down a peg respectfully yeah, disagree like, I think you're supposed just, to use positive self talk more Oh I I, th- I think I'm always inside I'm too Abe is a sad boy Oh maybe you're a narcissist <laughs> and you got to go the other way Yeah Yeah. Who the fuck are we talking oh, about? Oh, and then I, I, I <laughs> nobody asked you to be here. <laughs> the uh ramp I know it's just again, it's just to link stuff together, and some of the stuff did work, but the cracked ex cracked writer in me can't not point out that it like destroys my brain that the post credit sequence is we're also gonna absorb the Venom IP, and that's fine because you're absorbing Sony already through Andrew right. Garfield. But my problem is Everyone gets magically reversed in time to the point before the portal even happened and the spell is undone. Yet Venom accidentally gets some of his goo suits snipped off in the portal and it stays behind. That it just there's no way that makes sense on its face. I can't connect those concepts is it a spell or is it a portal that closes and snips you up because there were millions of people halfway through portals when it closed there would be like half there's bodies an, of people yeah. everywhere yeah anyway it's just there is the an inconsistency and that brings there's up a lot a, of them it brings up another thing that i think is um has like kind of like what we're talking about implications of the future that they could utilize that might be uh, if they if we're fine if we show that we're like I mean show that we're fine we're gonna go to these movies anyway so they're gonna just do what they want to do but oh like, I don't Ex- like this one Spider Man <laughs> ones are the exception for me because he's my boy right yeah but with the Venom reveal uh in the post credit scene it means that he is in technically a different universe than our MCU versions right yeah. because it's pulling people from other universes so there's obviously like Avengers in his reality I think the reference 
referenced in the Venom movies. Um, and But they're, quote, different than our Avengers, right? And remember what we said about what happens when our Avengers, meaning this timeline in this movie, uh, is against other Avengers? Feels a lot like they can retcon literally any movie after the fact and say that one was actually a different universe number yeah. I don't know six eighty one or whatever yeah. and we don't really care about them. This they're, is the, the lesser. This is the inherent problem with mirror universes, uh, and I know we want to. I know it's fun, but it always inherently bothers me because of the basic supposition, even though in mirror universe episodes we will see things like. Oh, in that universe, that person's married to a different person instead. Okay, then that would imply they're going to give birth to a different child than would have otherwise existed. So then how did the entire genetic lineage of humanity be identical to the point that Peter Parker still exists as he is this generation, (laughs) yet he can date someone else and give birth to a kid that's not like the other universe? Again, I'm done nitpicking, but that bothers no, me no, across no, it's, the board. It's, it's, a, it's <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah. It's I, I, the the thing I that been, was the, just childish aping. The thing I've been <laughs> the thing I've been noodling in my noodler about is that it, I think like what they really are trying to do is to uh, is to eliminate the differences between the universes, like just sort of sort of make everything permissible. Insofar as uh, they they want to compare and contrast for fun, and then everything is possible in a tool belt way, so like so that you no longer have to remember the stories they've set out. It's almost like they set out all these stories, and like now you got to know all this stuff to appreciate what's going on. <laughs> and they're like they're like waging war on our ability to retain those facts and ultimately helping us out by obliterating them with this convergence. In fact, right. Maybe they've reached a point of information overload where they're consciously trying to train us to just go with the flow and enjoy the ride more than try to track the lore. Cause the, cause again, how do you stack super science and mutant powers and magic and make it like consistent in the way Michael Swaim's brain wants. You're not going to, it's not a human. Like there's, there's no way to do that, including even, time travel and all this shit. It's just not possible. Even technology like Doc Ock at one point in this movie, uh, must be losing his mind when he sees that there's nanotechnology, right? Like he's in the fucking stone age with, I have big steel arms <laughs> right? that, I have robot arms. that I talked and in, to in my time. These were the future and <laughs> they can control my brain um also to add at to abe's point to, uh, to abe prime's point yeah um this movie is the first marvel movie i encountered but i skipped some of them where over the production titles there was an audio montage that was essentially a previously on marvel so that you can catch up like yeah. we know that many of you are skipping some of them at this point because there's too many we will f- recap the plot right at the top like a straight up recap like tv shows do i thought that was interesting. <laughs> something like it's much- interesting to tr- watch them try to keep the ship running and know that there's information overload and that marvel fatigue is a term that's out there and they must be having meetings where they're like how do we address this how do we refresh you know yeah something i've been thinking about uh that i'm about to put out forth for you now is that they also are eliminating different media formats like they're they're starting to to ask you to imbibe story across every every way there is, uh, mm-hmm. which is to say that 
they don't like they they expect that you won't have seen everything in every place that they do it and that you think of the like the TV or the video game or the or the mobile phone app or whatever that you're using as being just sort of an episode of Marvel and all entertainment is right. an episode of Marvel like that's I think that's the plan the plan is to eliminate uh all sense of uh narrative cohesion across the larger story and make well, premiere every... TV became serialized and now movies and TV are starting to converge, right? The same serializing. <laughs> like they're part of yeah. the same timeline. You know, and therefore yeah, like, you can't retain it. You know, nobody can, right? It's there's <laughs> just retain. not enough. Uh yeah, I think you're absolutely right, me. Of course um, I am. I'm a cool guy. Uh th- I my favorite artifact of that uh I I realize now I do say stupid words that are <laughs> Man, this is really helpful. Uh, an artifact of that is in this movie, the uh, Daredevil shows up, and he hasn't been in a movie. Uh, and right. he is Just in the TV tease. show. Uh, he catches the shit out of a brick. Great joke. Again, great line. How did you res- do that? I'm a really good lawyer. <laughs> it's one of those things that Marvel, like you said, can get away with because it's legit hilarious. But we as an audience, I just like the idea of someone who's just like, we don't need... <laughs> another ex- another explanation of someone in the room going, oh, okay, so yeah, I, like, by the way, I'm blind, definitely blind, but, like, I have a superpower. So everyone in that room totally thinks that this lawyer is just lying about being blind. <laughs> right. Like, that's what's happening, Oh, right? yeah, like Maggie Lizer from <laughs> Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. true. Because like, afterwards, because they didn't say, I need a better explanation than that, so they let it gloss over. So the scene after that must be... So he caught that brick. So, yeah, he must not be yeah. blind. I don't know. Maybe it helps in the courtroom. All right. He's a weird dude, that's, but whatever. That's yeah. really weird. <laughs> but he's wearing the coolest sunglasses. So good. Uh, the rubies, the, dude. Like, he can't see them. How does he know they're so cool? <laughs> don't know. That's it. Yeah, know. it's one of those things because I, I imagine audience members who are like, oh, I don't watch the TV Marvel stuff. Cause I think it's terrible or whatever who have no clue about Murdoch and you know, daredevil just watching that scene and going like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love it so much. I also love that Wong shows up in this movie serves the same purpose. He's a source. He always Supreme, does. Bro. He comes in and he says, you can't do that. And <laughs> spell travels the borders of the dark realities. And then and he's now like, I don't ah, want to be here. <laughs> There's, and then he's like, you can do it. By the way, <laughs> it is literally a trope in improv comedy because there are formulae that help improv comedians right. build the thing. I know, you know, um, just in case someone doesn't. But like improv is not just let's make it up and try to be funny. Right. Um, and one of them is called the that's crazy, but it's a, but OK. That's crazy, but OK. Yeah. So everyone knows. Yes. And but they say a really important thing to not know someone and to get the game going is when someone throws out a premise, we're all going to fuck this pie or whatever. Right. Because uh, we're at an American pie convention. Uh, you have to go because stuff is only funny if someone's opposing it or calling it out. So you go fuck a pie. That's crazy. But okay, you know, like, but you can't block the scene. And I love that Wong is literally that for Marvel movies. He always comes in and goes, wait, you're doing what? Wow. What a cool movie with epic stakes. But okay. (laughs) Said by the person who's fucked a pumpkin and a dishwasher in front of a million people. Uh, He's got cred. 
He's got credit. Wait, say it. Swain, Swain's got credit. That was the character, Michael Swain. That's different. It's different. <laughs> I'm not. Although I'm not that guy. I got it. One of my favorite postmodern jokes in Dishwasher, which I now watch and I'm like, it's too long. We should have cut it down. But yeah, we still has funny yeah. moments. One of my favorites is the joke where Cody goes, "You fuck the dishwasher." Michael Swaim, the actor and writer Michael Swaim, Michael like Swain. outside the sketch. Yeah, outside the sketch. <laughs> I, love I remember when I, I directed it. Cody and talking about that, I was like, you're going to need to get in front of this lens I built a little bit faster for me to see it. <laughs> yeah, did you use what your famous cloud tank on that one and some what a fancy rigs? I'm yeah. now making fun Doorway of my dolly. absolutely impressive uh, pedigree. Just the of fact inventions. that you're versed with grip and equipment. Yeah, I'm a, I, I can do it all. I can do yeah, it. Yeah, all. you're basically. Yeah, I'm basically right. trying to make fun of the fact that I'm an, an a literal inventor of camera lenses making fun i'm just saying you things that are <laughs> true just... about me Abe. right that's right he's just expressing <laughs> his identity that's true i am great i'm a great one <laughs> uh yeah i i mm, 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 mm. Mm. i we mentioned you mentioned before and something i want to touch on a, a little bit more swam yeah which is and abe nitpick and abe nitpickiness uh there, there's a the spell itself the setup for this right, yeah. is that you need in order to cast the spell for the forget me not thing uh you like need to involve all universes like that's a part of the spell. why wasn't it just right yeah, why, why is magic the, why universe? is magic yeah. the yeah. only thing that's everywhere right well, well you know like i'm sure there's an answer someone has that answer but like that yeah. must mean that every Doctor Strange and not was just doing Doctor that Strange, at the same time. Horned up wizard, right. you know, like man made of paper who also knows spells in every right. universe six, has done some kind six of armed zombie magic. Doctor Strange. Yeah. Like all right. the Doctor Stranges we got to know in that sequence of There's, multiverse of madness. They're just, all doing that spell together, apparently. I, I just want to see the yeah. I just want to see the other Stranges like they get up and they're eating their cereal oh, in the morning yeah, we and they're like the thing. and they're like Fucking other strange again? Or they're just yeah. having the shitty day. I'll kill you strange. I'll kill you strange. And there's so, and I think that that's what I, so one one thing I like to do in the show is like every now and then you kind of have to compare kind of what, like the multiverses that we've covered. And it's one that I actually really do enjoy about everything everywhere all at once more. Makes more sense. Like yeah, it when is. When they go to the rocks and they go, there's no way life exists in like any reality or in like a multitude of realities. Right. Because uh, everything got blasted, our timeline got blasted into oblivion long ago. Uh, they... They uh, deal with it with absurdity. You know, they're like, it is surreal. There's But still even with eyes. surreal absurdity, there's more yeah. consistency to the internal rules that they've established. Like, I know it doesn't make it make sense sense, but the fact that googly eyes were established as the symbol of... Uh, I forget the husband's name. I'm sorry. I need to watch it again. Mm. I forget her name too. Michelle Yeoh, but I forget like the Evelyn. character. Evelyn. Evelyn. Um, but you know what I mean? Googly eyes were established as a thing that means something and it's a payoff of that. So it's still systemically consistent. Whereas I feel like it's a fun game to point out plot holes and Marvel gives you plenty of fodder there. They've gotten to a point where there's so much information. How could you not have plot holes? People, of course, famously talk about 
Eternals ends with a giant statue like buried in the earth that extends into yeah. space. So we never mention it again, you know, stuff like that. Not a single yeah. one. I want to say two more negative things. And then I kind of want to say a few positive things before we're out of the segment, if that's all right. Yeah. 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 Um, it is. To, I re- another problem I have that I think is part of information overload that this movie still has is it seems like they begrudgingly are like, okay, let's make it a montage. Like, we have to get from this point to this point, and the movie's already long. Okay, let's make it a montage. There's like six music montages where they just do stuff to advance. I hate that. It's getting to be too many montages, guys. Uh, and then I think it's very funny, ending on the privilege point again, that Spider-Man, uh, that Peter Parker doesn't get into like MIT and a few other colleges because it's been revealed that he's Spider-Man and the controversy keeps him from getting in. And he says, it's so not fair. Dude, you're accused of a series of violent vigilante crimes and you're not arrested. You're like free. That you should be like, I, this is good. I I did good. Everyone knows I'm Spider-Man and they're not coming at me. That's enough. You should be grateful. <laughs> I just My like friends. the idea that he, after everybody forgets that he's Spider-Man, he still gets rejected from MIT. Because <laughs> he's just dumb. Just a cover. That wasn't the reason. That wasn't yeah. the reason. <laughs> <laughs> he's just not smart enough, I guess. Yeah. He's, he didn't do well on the uh, verbal. We don't ever see um, that lady come back and actually get get uh, a conversation about getting him in God. we never see it yeah i love that it's just a 180 turn you're a hero oh my god like it you're never occurred to her before that spider-man despite all the controversy has saved a bunch of people's lives like she doesn't right. know that it's on the news <laughs> yeah. like what it's also funny Dude. to see how an actor who's doing something great in a different show like she's doing such great work in barry that's where like that's what she was doing yeah, around that time for real gets right. gets you know, made into this like basically a yes man in a Marvel movie. Like that's another that's another <laughs> you see that all like, the time. Yeah, it's man. another like shrinking and contraction of reality to make everything fit into Marvel. It's like we gotta eliminate all her interesting quirks and personality to so that she's in a Marvel movie. I yeah. love when Game of Thrones was on, that happened everywhere. Everyone was like, let's get one of the Game of Thrones people in it. You know? Yeah. Let's just bring him because there was like 95 people. Or how everybody in Mad Men just abused women for 10 years on television after that. <laughs> right. Yeah. They were just like, you feel like an abusing women type. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, you just, you saw Mad Men. Yeah, I get it. Uh, hey, man, a job's a job, I guess. <laughs> uh, I think that this all comes down to, and this is kind of like in the positive spin. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad thing uh, to kind of like segue to your positivity you want to end with. Um, there's a reason why I think they're doing all this, and it's a good reason. It's that origin stories uh, are fun, and that's why they're prevalent. Um, we get a new uh, origin story for Spider-Man. Not like Spider-Man, but Peter Parker. You know, not the spider biting, you know, but rather like what about the thing that they haven't really covered much, which is Peter's personal life, is probably going to be more in view in the next installment of Spider-Man's. And I think that that's great. Beginnings are fun. Uh, they're focusing probably on something that's they didn't focus on as much. So it will be a little bit new information. And um, I think the reason for that is because you go from nothing to something great. It's the highest dynamic that you can have in a story. Most interesting and dramatic leap. 
once Spider-Man is Spider-Man and you're like on Spider-Man 2 or whatever, uh, you can only challenge him. You can tear him down and then build him back it up. It becomes what movie has the better villain. Right. Right. As we But it's know. really hard to replace every man to extraordinary man as a concept. And I can't, we can't get enough of those stories. Uh, they're literally all the hero stories. And they're it's I think that that's good it's I totally agree with Abe it's why uh, every every hero movie ultimately comes back to an origin story as often as it can like that's kind of the only part yeah. of it we care about after that it's just a, a, a bunch of uh, a bunch of bang em ups you know and <laughs> yeah, sound and fury yeah yeah and uh, this this particular Spider-Man franchise actually could still do an interesting rebooted origin and it would feel fresh uh so they're the producers are wily they're smart they're thinking ahead here and uh and uh, i like the transparency of that you actually love this movie right uh okay <laughs> i'm gonna do a quick thing so uh if you listen to star trek the next futurama sometimes we do joke roulette i think this movie among marvel movies stands as the one with the most jokes that are actually funny at least to me so i'm gonna do them in a row real quick uh but first, the first two things are just shots that I really admired. In the opening sequence, which is awesomely shot, Requiem for a Dream shot, like where the camera's attached to your waist pointed up at you to show Spider-Man swinging around. Great way to show Spider-Man swinging around and what it would feel like. They turn the wind up high, so you hear it like rushing by his ears. It's really cool. And then they also do this whole opening with Happy in the apartment and the chaos of the media circus that reminded me of nothing so much as like, this made me feel like Uncut Gems, but the comedy version. And uh, even though Uncut Gems was too much of it because it was wall-to-wall -wall only that, I do think it takes a lot of skill to block one of those scenes where it's like everyone's talking, it's stressful, we're even layering multiple conversations and shit like that. Okay, now just jokes. Um, talking about being able to buy anything you want, an improv scene where you just stand up Martin Starr, J.B. Smoove, and Hannibal Burris and have them improv, fucking genius. Like, of course that's going to be gold. The whole scene is gold. Hannibal Burris thinks he's, he is a murderer and won't drop it. Um, Doc Ock seeing Doctor yeah. Strange. What is yeah. this? Is this a birthday party? What's your name? Otto Octavius? No, seriously, what's your name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man says it's actually my fault that you're here. And uh, Jamie Foxx says, this universe or the woods? Because <laughs> they're in the woods. So you're going to stand here and just pretend I'm not butt-ass naked? Sandman. Yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> lizard. You know, I could give you a real makeover. Electro. Yeah, let me guess. Into a lizard. <laughs> yeah. uh, Spider-Man. Hey, did those guys come... He's just come... all lizards. Sorry, yeah. he's just all lizards. All the way down. Hey, did those guys come through yet? There should be an electric guy and a sand guy. Well, what about this one? Is this one like a tree monster or a scientist that turned into a tree? It's just a tree, man. Yeah, Electro, exactly. I fell into a vat of electric eels. Sandman, I fell into a super collider. Damn, gotta be careful where you fall. <laughs> yeah, it's true. He's <laughs> not wrong. Yeah. He's not wrong. Happy on the phone driving home. Hey, Peter, uh, I just checked in with my ring camera. Looks yeah. like you brought a cyborg to my house. About a man with cyborg legs. One guy's made of mud. Call me back. <laughs> One guy's made of mud. Um, hey, can you not throw the bread again? You are a deeply mistrusting person, but I respect it. This is Andrew Garfield trying to prove he's Spider-Man. Crawl around on the ceiling. He jumps right. up and his fingertips stick to the ceiling. No, no, no. Crawl around. Crawl around. <laughs> this is enough. How am I hanging from the ceiling? Uh... <laughs> I know you guys aren't used to working as a team, but I am. I don't want to brag, but I was in the Avengers. Avengers, that's great. Is that a band? Are you in a band? 
<laughs> and then uh, last thing, not a joke, but I got it this time and I'm like, nice touch, whoever decided this. If you're gonna go for the thing where like everyone forgot him and that's sad and you're taking it seriously, what is it to be a superhero? Uh, it ends on the shot of the classic coffee shop cup that does exist in a lot of NYC coffee shops that says, we are happy to serve you. That's actually the final image of the movie. That's oh. pretty cool. That's a good, yeah. yeah, good, subtle directing thing for sure. Right. I'm done. Right. I just want to get take off my hat to uh, a- Andrew Garfield in this movie. Uh, his movies weren't my favorite Spider-Mans, but he had... Uh, that incredible moment where he rescued MJ and it was painful for him, and it right. it, it yeah. really uh man it took the it, it punched me in the guts. It was really good. And his Spider Mans weren't bad because of him. They were not well written. Uh, he's right. uh, he's good and he's super charming. He does rem- he does seem like a perfect fit for yeah. Spider Man to me. Yeah, I I also the Aunt May death was uh. Oh yeah, Tom pretty, Holland, pretty Tom top Holland notch. and Riz- and yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're both fucking killing it in that. Like, in a, <clears throat> that's what Marvel has always been kind of good at is that they pick people of high caliber. So yeah, it's all jokes and make 'em ups. But then, and sometimes uh, they still process it a, to a yeah. point of not being good. But sometimes they let the person work. And You're they like, do their oh, magic. yeah, fuck, yeah, that's good. Uh, and it works on you or it doesn't. This one definitely worked on me. Um, like, John Favreau actors. is a legit good director. So mm-hmm. Iron Man 1 was good. Like, yeah. you, know? <laughs> you, see, you seen that chef? Y'all seen Love that chef. chef? Yeah. Love chef. Love swingers. Love chef. Uh, I don't know what that is. No, just <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. Solid movie. Uh, on the Marvel canon, you know, very hard to cram that many characters in, that many villains. Hard does a pretty good do, job. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're definitely lying and stealing to tell the truth. Very ambitious. <laughs> All right, <laughs> I feel seen. I love it. I love the bit. Well, is there anything anyone else should say? Oh, one joke that I liked at the uh, at the beginning of the movie is when. They're, they finally find out Peter Parker's identity, and there's a guy in the uh, crowd mm-hmm. who says, I want to have your spider babies, and he definitely knows he's at a high school right now. Yeah, yeah, that he's <laughs> so a high school I student. Just... I also like the reporter who turns to Zendaya based only on the worried look on her face and goes, who are you? Do you know Spider-Man? What a leap. What a like incredible <laughs> yeah. act of observation! You must be Sherlock fucking Holmes, dude. <laughs> Does it, doesn't everybody know Spider Man? Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I love uh, on the same note, Sandman at one point or someone goes, uh, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Doc Ock died and Green Goblin died. You didn't know it was all over the news. Oh yeah, no shit. That made the news that there was a Green Goblin man that got murdered on a bridge. <laughs> it was on the news. You think that, uh, like, it seemed like he was the only actor that it seemed that they were really determined not to show or unable to get a while. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they, maybe he was like, I'll do it, but I don't want a lot of shoot days. It just doesn't work for me. Or it seemed like it. Yeah. There's something going on there. Something going on with him. Whatever. Whatever. Um, how, how do you guys feel about closing up this wormhole? Let's do it. Uh, well, it it's forever. actually it's a decision point. Uh, so we'll either close up the wormhole, oh, no. yeah. uh, stay in this dimension, 
By which we don't mean the, I gotta be clear about this. We don't mean the dimension we're in with two Aves. We mean the film dimension Damn. we're discussing. Cause we all know Damn. we'd want to live in the double Abe dimension. That's yeah, not a question. Yeah. So personally, I would, I would stay in this, I'd leave earth for this dimension. I think it's fucking this is awesome. A better one? I would, although only at the point in the movie before they fix the spell. Like I want, I'm saying I want the cavalcade dimension with everything. Uh, I the very one of the very first comic books I made when I was a like nine, ten, eleven year old, and I thought I wanted to be a comic artist before I came to like filmmaking, which is interesting because it's basically storyboarding. Uh, I drew a thing called Juxtapose about a planet of infinite size, where every because it's of infinite size, literally everything is happening right or there's everything exists um and i like music like that like ween and 10 cc and zappa that's just a random cavalcade of nonsense so this dimension suits me i want to leave this world bye because i i know we got uh we have <laughs> like there's shitty aspects of our world like billionaires and stuff but we guess what we don't have uh fucking weird ass wizard cool at the whim of a high school student destroy the world possibly so um i i don't, I don't need to live in this kind of concept uh in this world so that's that, that's me that's the only abe opinion that you need to hear i'm gonna go ahead and agree with abe uh yeah, yeah i'm gonna i think dr strange ruins everything uh in all the universes <laughs> Uh, because like I just I don't want a wizard ruining my life in another fucking <laughs> universe. No thanks. God, it's not. It's like I have a little pet. He just does what I want. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. All right. Well, that's two for uh, closing it. One for uh, living in it. Let's leave Mike behind and just be Abe's. <gasps> Yeah, let's, yeah. Go, <laughs> yeah, let's go fuck behind that portal. I guess I, I, I chose my face. All right, I'm staying here. You guys are going there. I have no idea how this will affect next episode, but we shall see. It won't, and looking forward to it. See you next month, everybody.